Hey, hello everyone and welcome back for another episode of the Endless Spoil podcast. I am as always your host Keith Russell. This is the mental health show where I speak to anyone and everyone with a story to tell as long as getting tips and advice from experts in their chosen field. So in today's episode I'm delighted to say we are joined by broadcaster Claire McKenna. Claire is the host of Live and Kicking on News Talk which is a, a health show which they kind of cover health in a wide variety of topics. And Claire also has her own podcast called Changemakers, and she's not feeling very well today, so we'll go easy on Claire. Uh, thanks, Claire, for coming on. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. COVID has got me. I've got the positive antigen, so it is in the house. And I, I am going to admit I was starting to get smug because two years in, I'd never had it before. And I was starting to think, well, I mean, I'm a health and wellness presenter. It, it, it goes without saying that I'm going to have a cast iron immune system but yeah no I you know there was nothing to be smug about I could have jinxed myself but mm. yeah it feels like a like a head cold so um yeah, yeah. no I'm happy to to talk to you and have a reason <laughs> to get dressed <laughs> <laughs> well I've actually got a short on with pajama bottoms on so I only do the waist up anyway so yeah well I, I mean that, that's how we all live our lives now because it's all zoom and it's all online so yeah the world is in pajamas on the bottom Exactly, exactly. Um, I usually start off the podcast kind of ask people how they were during uh, kind of lockdown now, but I read a quote from you uh, and I'll read it out to you now. It's only short. Um, so I could never truly identify with how they felt. I'm presuming you're talking about the guests on your show until COVID came. I suppose what I was going to ask is like, obviously COVID just must have made you feel very, very anxious, was it? Yeah. And obviously through my time on Ireland AM and on News Talk, anxiety has come up time and time again. Um, and I'd be a big fan of Caroline Foran and I listen to her podcast a lot. Yeah. And I'm hearing people talk about this crippling anxiety that affects their everyday life. And it's not that I didn't empathize with them or, you know, believe them. It's just that I couldn't identify with it. And then it feels so long ago now, but that time when Leo Varadkar kind of stopped everything and everyone was to stay in their home and even that stay home in the corner of every TV program. Um, and I got a, I remember getting a text from a friend of mine, her husband is a surgeon and she said, um, he, Richard thinks we're all going to lose someone close to us. And we'd seen what was happening in Italy and, I just didn't know whether people were just going to start dropping dead in the street. Were my parents going to die? What was going to happen? And it was that real unknown and that catastrophizing in my head, that tightness across my chest and really having to dig deep to kind of calm myself down and bring myself back. And I remember thinking to myself, is this how people with anxiety feel on a daily basis? Is this what it's like in the pit of your stomach and across your chest? Um, and yeah, I suppose it gave me a greater understanding. Yeah, I, I've lived with anxiety for like a long, long time. So I can completely um, understand the feelings, you know, that you're describing. But it, it's funny because I didn't feel anxious about, you know, the lockdown at all because I kind of discovered I, you know, a borderline recluse. So, and I've spoken to a lot of people with anxiety and they all, not all, the most of them said the same thing. It was nearly a comfort for them that they didn't have to go out anywhere. Do you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, and I have heard yeah. that. Mm. And I've heard a lot of people say, um, those that would be anxious day to day and, and catastrophize, and that's not to yeah. be insensitive about it, but about, you know, things that might happen. It was almost as if when something really big happened, a lot of them were like, see, I told you, mad stuff is out there, you know, and they kind of felt a little bit validated in some way. That's a friend of mine I work with and her husband would suffer a lot with social anxiety. Um, so, yes, the lockdown did kind of take away some of the complications of, of life, but also the fact that a catastrophe had arrived was almost comforting in many ways. Um, yeah. yeah, exactly. But the lockdown for me and my family I was actually quite lucky I mean whatever way the weather went it was glorious wasn't it right at the yeah. start I have yeah. two young kids 2019 was probably my busiest work year ever 
um it was great I was really enjoying it and a lot of people were saying once we kind of had everything taken away god didn't you really realize what you had but I used to drive along in my car on a regular basis saying god I really love my life god I'm so lucky great friends great family you know I love my job so I was really loving life when it was when it was stopped but it was also very busy and it was hard to juggle everything so to just focus on the kids on the house on getting out for a walk on cooking a nice meal um my mum and dad only live a five ten minute drive from my house um and my dad had dementia so in the lockdown he really went downhill because he wasn't getting any social interaction so everything that was keeping his brain going started to crash down and my mum was really suffering so that was a really tough part because like everyone we were just dropping shopping at the door and saying okay bye you know afraid that we were going to kill them by breathing on them closer than than two meters um and we all really had to pull together as a family and I think if I had been working at the pace I was in 2019 that would have been very difficult for me to manage whereas for the year of 2020 we really came together as a family and we did like a carers course with the Alzheimer's Society, we had carers coming in and out of the house. I was able to spend time with my dad. I was able to sit and have family meetings and really take it on board. And he died then in November of 2020. So I will always have that time and I will actually always be quite grateful for the world slowing down. I mean, look, we used to come with masks on, gloves on, be terrified. And and when you think about it now with the way we move around with COVID back then, if you went to the supermarket, with a mask on with you know your hand sanitizer got back into the car I was washing down shopping and still wondering was I going to bring COVID in and 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 kill my dad so there was all that stress with it but ultimately it was a very um simple time and uh, there's parts of it to be honest with you I miss not the not the pandemic COVID part but yeah the simple the simple family time yeah, yeah, it's funny because I, I, I have another quote that I read from you and it's it's uh, the reason why we're all down because the title's quite good. So juggling work with two kids and a little child and little childcare left me feeling frazzled and like I was constantly chasing my tail. So to be working from home, albeit at reduced hours and have the time to focus on my family and my health was actually a welcome change. It's just exactly what you just said, because I thought the reason why I kind of I copied and pasted that quote down because I just thought it was so many people can relate to that, you know, like, especially kind of, especially when people were trying to homeschool as well. Um, you just felt like you were, as you said, frazzled and chasing your tail. And I think that probably got on top of a lot of people and they probably didn't realize it because they were just kind of going and going and going. And it's only when it kind of slows down afterwards, you kind of realize that you're probably burnt out a little bit, you know? Yeah, I mean, I call it spinning plates because it's it's more than <laughs> yeah. juggling. You're literally yeah. looking at all these plates. Then you look at one and it's slowing down and you're like, I, I find it even now, I can't have everything flowing at the same time. And I've actually really made peace with that. I can't have a like perfect marriage where we're getting on like a house on fire, where we're making time for ourselves away from the kids. Yeah, I can't be the perfect mom who rolls around on the floor and makes nutritious meals left right and center and handles discipline to the like best of my ability every single time I can't work as much as I'd like to and bring about as many creative projects as I'd like at any one time I just do the best I can with everything I have likewise you know friendships I've really noticed at this stage in my life your friendships have to take a bit of a back seat I've still got great friends that I really do make a lot of time with but that lovely time in your 20s where it's your friends are your family and you're just going here and there and the cinema and you're deciding on a whim that you'll go you know for dinner somewhere like all that sort of has to go and it's very planned and and structured so I've made peace with that because I think we do put a lot of pressure on ourselves to be everything the perfect partner the perfect parent perfect at work perfect at the gym perfect bodies perfect minds and it's actually just not realistic you just have to be doing your best and try and find contentment where you can exactly what it is i have a whatsapp group with some you know my friends that i've known since we were small and that's it like you get a couple of messages here here and there and that's all you can really do 
you know i mean i i don't know if you're too familiar with my story but i mean i because i was silent for so long about stuff i kind of drifted away from like a lot of people but then when i started to share my story and open up kind of for the last year anyway i've opened up the kind of the, the lines of communication with like with so many people so i'm actually probably speaking to more people now than i did for a long long time although i might not see them because i said i'm a borderline recluse at this stage but like the lockdown has actually been quite positive for me you know for that sense where i've dealt with so many you know the inner critic i had with so many issues i had you know with mental health me sharing my story is actually completely like mean, the covid has been really positive for me which is kind of strange i suppose but, um, yeah, yeah, and for a lot of people, I think we all had a, a reassessment of all areas of our yeah. life and thought it was like going back to, to ground zero in a way, wasn't it? It was a blank yeah. canvas. Everything got stripped back. So I know some people really struggled, like you said, they'd homeschool, they were working from home. See, I'm self-employed and so is my husband. So we were able to just step back. I know there were people who had laptops on the end of their bed and really small kids mine were seven and nine or maybe six and eight when it kicked off so they were dressing themselves they're brushing their teeth like I don't know what it was like with toddlers babies you know zooms with management teams like I didn't have any of that so I know there were some people who just white knuckled through the whole thing but for others there was that time to really reassess and what I said about identifying with anxiety I also really got to put into practice so many of the things that I would have professed over time, like getting out for a walk or like to move your body in some way, uh, leaning on nature. You know, I, I, I read about it. I spoke about it, but I never really felt it like I'm the cliche that started getting into the sea because I, I, I'm from Hoth, so I'm beside the sea. Uh, my friends were meeting. I had watched them do it and thought, no, no. I mean, there was times I went to Spain and didn't get in because I thought it would be too cold. So I certainly wasn't (laughs) planning on getting in here, but I did get that. I did get that buzz from it. And I did get that community feel. I did get that lost in the moment feeling. So there was that opportunity as well to go for that walk in the afternoon and come back and be like, okay, I feel a bit better to take, um, a meditation from YouTube or whatever, because I thought so many of the people that I follow on social media really put themselves out there online. So there were people like Jerry Hussey used to do a weekly meditation on a Sunday. I used to join in with that or I'd keep it recorded or, you know, sit and do it in a moment of madness. I'd go up the stairs, light the candle, sit and breathe. So I really felt those tools come to the fore. So that was a really good lesson as well. So were they all part of your Operation Peak Health, which I wanted to talk to you about as well, because that was just mind blowing when I read that. I didn't realize that you actually did that. Um, was that all part of that? Oh, I suppose like it was supposed to be better probably explain to people what exactly that, you know, that actually was. Well, it started with um, and it's so funny how big moments in your life can come from really small situations. So we had a, a, a chef type person booked in to come in to news talk for an interview and the way it goes with news talk I'm one of the weekend shows and then obviously there's the Monday to Friday shows so you kind of in radio you kind of separate it a little bit but if somebody's on during the week they, ca- they can't be on at the weekend and, and and likewise you just need to leave it a couple of weeks that's just one of the sort of rules as it were And there'd been a miscommunication and that person was sitting on the couch to go on one of the weekday shows when they were due to come on on my show on Sunday. So myself and the producer were in a bit of a tiz um, thinking, you know, what were we going to do to replace this person? And she said, listen, I know I've let you down. I'm sorry about that. And look, we weren't demonizing her. These things happen. It wasn't really a big deal in that way. We just were wondering who were we going to have in her place? And she said, there's a guy who's just been published in, in the same publishing house as me. His name is Daniel Davey. He's a performance nutritionist. He works with Leinster Rugby and the GAA football teams. I think, you know, he could be good. And I was like, yeah, OK, like he fits the bill. You know, that would work. It's it's sport. It's nutrition. Yeah, that that that's great. Um, And when he came in, it was 
it was the way he spoke about nutrition. There was something in it that just fired off light bulbs in my head. And he was talking about food and your relationship with food. And he's from Sligo. He grew up on a farm. He's talking about your relationship from from the land to now to enjoying cooking, to not being afraid of food. Um, and he wasn't just talking about it as fuel necessarily. He was talking about that enjoyment and that that love. But he was talking about the way we eat and the way we feel and how food can make us feel. And that was not really something that I had necessarily gone in with, apart from the guilt feelings or the joy a brownie would give me at the end of dessert. I wasn't really thinking about our energy levels, our ability to work out, um, our, our motivation, our mood. And he was talking about a DEXA scanner uh, that can look at your lean muscle mass. And he said he felt it should be in the corner of every GP surgery because it's certainly something we should keep an eye on, not from an aesthetic point of view, but from um, health longevity point of view and some of the lifestyle issues that can crop up like diabetes and, and other chronic illnesses. So I got an idea in my head, but I am going to be really honest with you. At the start of this, I was still very keen on the aesthetic. So I wanted to say all of this. I wanted to say I'm on this holistic health journey. I, you know, I'm going to do X, Y and Z. But at the end of it, I really wanted photographs of me ripped, looking amazing and being like, look what I did. And, you know, the hands up. That's that's what I wanted to do. And it was just on that journey that everything changed that I really opened my eyes to the fact that there is another way and there is another conversation that we all need to be having and we've been it's been so oversimplistic in eat less move more and it wasn't taking into account a whole host of things so I worked with Daniel Davey I also worked with another guest. Like I feel so lucky on Alive and Kicking. Everybody that sits in front of me, I'm like a sponge. I'm like hanging on their every word. I do that too. I get introduced to so many great people. So Claire McGrath was a bodybuilder, like the big proper get into the bikini with the big, huge poses and everything. She's just a very overachieving kind of person. She was a top gymnast. Then she got really into the gym. Then they were like, why don't you go for these competitions? Then she got to the top of her game in that. Then she really sort of fell apart. And I've seen this with a lot of people that kind of speak to the media that have been in that world. Obviously, if you're getting to that look, that body, a body dysmorphia can really come in and you find it really difficult to get back to a normal way of eating or a, a normal way of, of looking. Um, so she was really struggling with all of that. And she went off to India and she did 900 hours of yoga instructing. So she really interested me because she had that kind of grit and determination of the gym and the zen of the yoga and she was yeah. setting up this um organization with another bodybuilder that she had met and they were fixing people's emotional issues with food mm. in online courses so I also worked with her and a number of other people and I just got into the more nuances and the emotional reasons behind why we do what we do and that there isn't that simple um a fix necessarily so it was a big eye opener for me and this was all by the way through lockdown doing the doing the workouts in my room and you know yeah. having that time to do with it as well so um yeah it was a big eye opener for me and we, were you doing it for yourself or were you doing it to track it on the show? I mean, like, were you actually taking, like, say, photographs or video as you're progressing? Yeah, I did it on the show. I did it on the show and that I was going to do it over six months. And I also did it in right. conjunction with Life magazine. I pitched it to oh, them. Right. So we had a start point, a middle point and an end point with photographs. Um, so that was a really big deal as well, because. The photographs part would be kind of triggering you know I'd be like oh my god I'm not ready and I'm not you know so I'd be mm. doing all this work and all this realization that it's not really about how you look it's how you are on the inside and your relationship with yourself and your food and yet then when the the time would come to take the photos I'd be like oh my god am I ready I don't know if I am and they were lockdown photos it was you know you couldn't go to a studio you couldn't get your hair done <laughs> you couldn't do anything I went to Port Marnock Beach with a guy and we were like standing miles apart from each other and 
um yeah it was a it was a funny experience but at at the end of it I definitely came out changed myself personally and um it was not what I had necessarily set out on the attention my my question had been like what is health and wellness because when I started presenting the show I was lost I've always had a, a lean to health and wellness my friends will tell you I'm renowned I go nowhere without a bottle of water beside me I was all into the the, the green teas and the nettle tea and the you know I'm the one who's ordering the the salads and the veg and the you know the smoothies and whatever else so I've always been known as that kind of person but as the years have gone on the whole marketplace got a little bit cluttered so when I'm going along now with my trolley I was like throwing in paleo treats you know I I I wouldn't have dreamed of eating like a Mars bar but all of a sudden I'm like it's paleo I'm getting this and I'm not I've come on since then I wouldn't demonize a paleo treat or a Mars bar you know food is food now is what I'm trying to work on but to take it back to then I didn't know whether I should be eating meat or not eating meat was I supposed to be running or was I supposed to be doing CrossFit was I supposed to be doing both and it was all cluttered and messy and it wasn't healthy where I was was definitely not healthy so I did need to kind of pare it back um and that was kind of my question what is health and wellness and that so much of it is bound up with how we look and we're looking at images on Instagram of somebody as particularly a woman with abs and we're like that's healthy and that's who I want to be what's she eating in a day and can I do that too and I have really stepped away from that now that that is the wrong message um and that was certainly a part of my transformation type journey amazing just listening to you speaking about that like the body dysmorphia obviously as anyone followed my story that's what I've been kind of talking about lived with it for so long and just what you were saying there, it's it's base. It's what I've been trying to do recently. Is so, I used to uh, work out to affect how I looked. Now I do it to try, like try and do it now to affect how I feel. So you know what you were saying is, I used to basically just work on the neck down, <laughs> and I didn't care about the neck up, even though the neck up was like a like a volcano waiting waiting to erupt. So once I started to have a healthy relationship with myself, I can have a healthy relationship with, with you know, food and exercise. Because like I, I read like the interview you did, I think it was, I don't know which one it was, Independent or something, and you were talking about having to do with the hit training and just, you know, you're talking about the different foods. And it can be so overwhelming, isn't it? Especially when you go on social media or even go on YouTube and you type something in and you have all these different workouts and he says do this and she says do that. And you, you wouldn't know where to start. It can be so overwhelming. You know, um, is there anything out of what you did that you've you'll actually stick to or will you stick to pretty much everything from it? I suppose it's just a, an overarching way of viewing health and wellness. Um, and I that will stay. Um, I what the, the advice that Daniel Davey had given out was to always have a balanced meal. So protein, fat and carbohydrate in any meal. Now, I never weighed anything he has a really good cookbook so I'd get a few ideas from that but it was really concentrating on making sure that I was eating a wide variety of foods and that I was enjoying my food but that I was including things like fat so over the years fat was an absolute no-no you know treats only you know when you go out for dinner you might order chips and then you'd berate yourself the next day for eating it and even when I say that out loud I'm like how was that a normal way to live but it becomes so ingrained in how you live and it wasn't even that it was more there was one of the days that I went into one of the salad bars and I I do talk about this a lot because it was a really uh, changing moment and I went into one of the salad bars and I forgot about the rule protein fat and carbohydrate because you're getting your your carbohydrate which is good for your um, energy release you're getting your protein which helps you to keep fuller for longer you're getting your fat which is essential for all your body to work correctly and you're getting plenty of fresh fruit and vegetables they're the only kind of rules as such to live by but I forgot and went back to old Claire if you will and I just ordered this salad which was called winter veg and it was basically just a few vegetables and leaves in a bowl with a bit of dressing And I was kind of congratulating myself as this being a fantastic lunch. And that's how I would have lived. If you just had salad for lunch, you were were winning 
because to eat less and get smaller, that was just the key to healthy eating. So I went home. I was absolutely starving for my dinner. Um, I ate dinner, went to bed and it was the next morning I felt exhausted. I felt so tired. I felt headachy. I didn't feel like doing my workout. And that's when I said, that's because I didn't eat a good lunch yesterday. And that's when I made the connection. It's all connected. So, you know, you're being told, go on juices for three days and you'll lose all this and, you know, eat less and it'll, it'll all be much better for your waistline. But you're forgetting about your mood. You're forgetting about your energy levels. You're forgetting about your ability to exercise. So that was the biggest eye opener for me. It was how I felt what my energy levels were and how I felt in my head about myself and all foods were open to me. So I would have been very strict in the kind of meals that I cook. Even I had to kind of relax it a bit, obviously when I had kids, cause you're making, you know, yeah. spaghetti bolognese and cottage pie and like whatever else is going on. But yeah. back in the days when it was just me and my husband, he used to call them Claire dinners, you know, it would be a chicken breast and a few veg and that'd be it. And he'd be like, am I six foot two? He'd be like, what is going on here? So that was the kind of mindset that I was in. So to be on a plan, if you will, where every single food was open to me, it just turned off a kind of a, a voice in my head that was quite negative, that was quite self-critical uh, and that wasn't serving me. So I think that's something that I've really taken with me. Now, look, that's not to say I don't go back sometimes like after Christmas Obviously, everybody's body changes a little bit. We're, you know, eating that little bit more. Um, and I will start to look in the mirror or put on a dress for work that feels a bit tighter. And I will start to go, oh God, and, and that voice will start again. But I stop it now. You know, I stop yeah. it now and I catch myself. So it's not like you flick this switch and you become this different person, but you do yeah. get the tools along the way to make sure you're, you're serving yourself a little bit better. Yeah, brilliant. I totally agree with that. I totally agree with that. Did you only do the sea swimming now? Was that still happening? Yes, it is still happening. I mean, look, I'm not a religious get up every day and go. Um, I might go two or three times a month. Um, I think that's something else I kind of did. I used to be very regimental that I need to do this at this time and this many times a week. And if I don't, I'm going to feel this particular way now I kind of go with the flow if I can go I go if I don't I don't I am trying now that we're in the new year to be a bit more consistent with my gym classes or whatever else because I, I I think working for myself sometimes I can just shelve a few things like I say it's the spinning plate sometimes I just let one crash to the floor yeah I think but not being so hard on yourself is I it's just go important. with the flow. So if I can go, I go. And then I'll take that and say, well, that was your exercise box for today. You're grand. I'm not like having this cloud hanging over me that I still need to yeah. go and, and run 5K because I might have eaten something at the weekend. You know, yeah, exactly. I, don't, I don't live that way anymore. I had a I had a nutritionist on the podcast twice and I had uh, Sinead from Intuitive Eating Ireland on um, and they were all saying, and especially Sinead, the nutritionist has always given out to me for using the word exercise. She uses the word movement. And yeah, I saw, I just, I just think I never thought about it like that before. So when you kind of take the word exercise out of the equation and you start calling it movement, you can be a lot less harder. You know, I'm, I'm not, I'm not as hard on myself anymore. So yeah. we don't, you know, like we were talking about the hit train and stuff like that. So now like I posted a picture on Instagram. Uh, this is ages ago when I was doing like the housework and the hoovering, and uh, the sweat was dripping off me. And I just posted, say, "There you go, there's movement." And but she was absolutely dead right because I was having, I just at the weekend gone Saturday and Sunday, I wasn't really feeling great mentally. I was just, I don't know, you know, just just kind of, kind of comes on you. And I did some housework. I wasn't in the mood to do a workout. I still have a bit of a, an injured back, so I can't really do what I wanted to. So anyway, I did some housework. And again, and the, the sweat was dripping out. Like I did a lot. But I felt so much better after it. And I was just like, it, it's amazing how when you're not as hard on yourself and you give yourself a break, how easy everything kind of comes as well. You just feel yeah. so much better about yourself. You know, it's yeah. amazing. It's you know? so important. And I, I kind of say that to people now, 
find what's right for you. I mean, for some people, it's going to be a dance class. For some people, it's going to be a walk. For some people, yeah. it's going to be a gym class. For some people, it's going to be yoga. Yeah. Like we don't all have to do the same thing because we're all at different stages. We all have different personalities. But to just focus on moving your body. And again, it's for your mental health. Yeah. You know, you're doing it for your head. You're doing yeah. it to feel better. And I had um, Sabina Brennan on recently, uh, the neuroscientist. Mm -hmm. And I love her because she gets so excited about the brain and how it works. And she really describes it in easy to understand language. Yeah. And she was talking about what happens when we exercise. And she was saying, you know, we, we really not only are the, the endorphins and the dopamines and, and all that sort of stuff, and it helps us with our left brain thinking, especially when you're out walking or hiking in nature. And there's a lot to say that the more time we spend in nature, the more connected we feel to it, which ultimately is going to be better for the planet. So there's all that kind of stuff. But she was talking about strengthening certain pathways within our brain. And one of them, I'm not obviously going to remember the, the, the names. The one of them is the vagus nerve, because I never I never forget that one. And that's the one that you activate when you deep breathe three times. That's the one that sends the message to say, look, there's actually not a saber-toothed tiger here. You're going to be okay. And that gets right. activated when right. you're walking. But the one that really blew my mind was there's a, a an area of your brain that looks after your emotional responses. So when you're moving your body on a regular consistent basis you strengthen that which means you don't lean as heavily on comfort foods or emotional eating because you've strengthened that part of your brain so that really blew my mind because you know when you are consistent with whatever your chosen exercise is and you do start to lean more to healthy or foods and you start to think to yourself god maybe you know i'm just on this health kick but it, there's actually a strengthening in your brain that has meant you're able to cope with situations easier than when you have an injury or something hits and you're hanging around the house you're just constantly looking aren't you for something to kind of comfort you and help you, you know. so it does make sense when you look at it that way yeah yeah no it definitely does i mean I, like and it takes practice as well as you said earlier you can't just like flick a switch but when you actually you know when you actually understand you know a little a little bit more about how your body and brain works it can be helpful like trust me i struggled with you know i've struggled with so many things for so long um look we're nearly there i know you're not feeling well so we'll wrap this up fairly soon um have you any thoughts on operation transformation or do you want to sidestep that landmine altogether no i do have i do have thoughts on it um i know you mentioned having Sinead from from intuitive eating ireland on and mm. I also do work with a company called Spectrum and they oh, do yeah. Yeah. Um, online health events. And I had never heard of intuitive eating before. So I'm in my 40s and they say we have this lady on. Her name is Carla Braden. Here's a presentation she made to us. You can watch it as part of your research. So I watched that and my mind was absolutely blown. I didn't even know about diet culture I had heard things about you know try not to go for fat free because you know it can be full of sugar and you know these brands and companies don't really care about you they're just trying to sell so I had that kind of concept that's about as far as it went I didn't really know about diet culture and this focus on a smaller body being a better body and particularly as a woman and I know I think it's incredible that you and, and people like you are starting to speak out that it's not just a female issue but this idea this patriarchal idea that women should be smaller and the more time we're spending focusing on how we look and putting ourselves down what could we do with the brain space that we free up in that time so this was a real sit-up moment for me I was like oh captain my captain why are we doing this and why did I not hear about this when I was a teenager and you know there was there's a a dietitian that I, I follow and I've had on the show a lot um I adore her Orla Walsh um and she had posted a picture of female abdominals and she said you know this looks like health but for a female to have abdominals the fat body fat percentage has to be this percent which will mean fertility issues may occur 
um, they're the kind of things that we're giving up like they're the kind of things just to fit into a certain outfit or look a certain way and there's plenty of people who are healthy who do look that way there's not one ideal body shape and I think that's what we're really trying to get out there a little bit um but that really made me open my eyes and when I was getting married I was probably the most focused I've ever been on um eating and working out um, because I had that that end goal and I was working out with a trainer who I'd met through work and to be fair to him he was coming on the show so he was sort of training me for free so I used to kind of go along he'd be training somebody else he'd tell me what to do he'd show me how to do the exercises and then I'd head off so probably the eating side of things maybe he would have been a bit more involved in but I was eating like a chicken breast and nine nuts for breakfast and if I slipped over into 10 or 11 nuts I'd be like berating myself so I mean it was to that level and I went consistently four times a week I've never felt fitter stronger I used to look in the mirror and there were no issues but I didn't comfortably go out for dinner with my friends or my family I didn't drink I didn't have a cheat day I just stayed on this rigid plan and I wasn't getting my monthly cycle and I was 30 so I wasn't and, and and we were waiting until we were a couple of years married before we were even thinking about children so it wasn't on my top priority list and I was like oh I'm just an irregular kind of person I didn't really think about what I was doing to my body and at the risk of giving too much information I was also my digestive system was all over the place because it wasn't getting the fiber it needed it wasn't getting the vegetables it was needed so you see this gorgeous photograph but at what cost does it come so all of that began to knit itself together in my mind and really make me think again and think passionately about speaking up against diet culture and health at every size and focusing on fixing people's relationships with themselves and food first before we go any further and I'm not interested in demonizing a program or the people involved I think with Operation Transformation they've come such a long way and sometimes you have to meet people where they're at I, I watched an episode it wouldn't be my cup of tea now to sit and, and watch it but the humiliation end of things is gone um you know there is a holistic look at health there's a psychologist there there's a gp there they were looking at all different elements of of this gorgeous guy's life and he was cooking more meals from scratch with his husband at home he was discussing his social anxiety with a psychologist he was giving up smoking so it wasn't all just focused on weight but it is a plan that's going up for the country to follow. It is everywhere, um, you know, in supermarkets, community centers. Um, and I'm not saying that the intention isn't good. I'm just saying that the conversation needs to change because you have to think about people like yourself who are really triggered by this, who go straight back those at either ends of the spectrum of eating disorders, but also the middle lane people like me that have this messaging that to be in a smaller body is a better body to restrict your eating is the only way forward i think we just need to, to to move it on a little bit and not only focus on the transformation from the inside out and and, and not include the weight at all exactly exactly i was just gonna I, what you said at the beginning i'm 42 in october and i'd only heard of or not operating i've only heard of intuitive eating last year um so there you go. I've never heard of it before. Um, I actually have Joe Mascali on the podcast next week. I recorded it already. And she is the other person who has actually set up the petition with Sinead um, for Operation Transformation. So I told her I'd, get, I'd um, stick that in the description of her uh, episode. Um, so anyway, right, we're nearly there. Um, is there anything that you want to mention before we go? Anything that you want to plug? I put up on um, my social media about this kind of operation transformation discussion. Um, and something else I'll say is, apart from my own experience, like I have two kids, a boy and a girl, and my son is, you know, mad into sports. He is like, he doesn't put on any weight. He eats whatever comes his way. And that's just how he's built. And 
my daughter eats the same way. She might not love sport as much as he does, but she's involved in the GAA. She's got her dancing. She's got all these things, the swimming, the exact same. They exercise the same. And she, over the last couple of years, I've noticed has a tendency to put on weight. So I started to find I had bias against that. I started to find that I was looking at this from, yes, from a health perspective, you know, as a parent, it is the right thing to do to kind of assess, you know, are we all getting out for an, enough movement? What have we been eating? Whatever. But I know I'm, I'm on that already. So I just know that she may have a metabolism that leads towards this. And obviously I'll keep an eye on it. But I noticed that bias in myself and I noticed what that was bringing up. And I want to do better in this world for her so that it's not going to be something that holds her back. And I put up something on my social media about Operation Transformation. And it is a dream of mine to present or be involved in a program that only deals with holistic health, that looks at our self-limiting beliefs, that looks at our mindset, that introduces us to getting out in nature and moving our body, that all the things that we've spoken about all get encompassed with some of the incredible guests I've had on my show that would be, be alongside us as mentors. So that would be a big, a big dream of mine. And I'm, I'm knocking on doors about that at the moment. But I, I put up a post to say I was going to be talking about the Operation Transformation petition on my show. And for the record, this is how I feel. I kind of said what I've just said to you there now yeah. um, and that I'd like to, to be involved in a holistic show. And it's funny, you know, somebody commented underneath, like, you know, it's simple, eat less, move more. And we don't need any of that holistic BS either. And it kind of, you know, it made me laugh, not in a patronizing way. It was kind of funny the way it was written. Um, and I know that there's that real school of thought as well. And I think that health and wellness, because it has gone a bit bonkers with the amount of, of money that's been pumped into it. And, you know, everybody from Gwyneth Paltrow to you name it is, is saying what you should and, and shouldn't be doing. And I know it can get confusing and seem like it's BS, but actually it's very simple and it's about us trying to make people feel like they are worthy and silence that inner critic and make them feel like they're not trying to fit this ideal. And if we could break down all of those barriers, I think we'd have a much healthier society. You actually had Joe on, on that episode on your show, didn't you? Yeah. 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 So yeah. we had her and Professor mm. Donal O'Shea, who's the HSE lead on obesity and mm. So, you know, he's the same. He's like, it's not as simple as eat less, move more. There are so many nuances as to why somebody is going to gain weight, including their genetics, including hormones, including their life experiences so far, including their lifestyles right now. And I think the more we start to talk about that, the better. And that's not to say Operation Transformation aren't starting that discussion um i just think we need to move the conversation on a little bit exactly and i was actually chatting to joe about the um genetics part of it and just going back to what you were saying about your case mine are exactly the same exactly the same they've got the same body shape or two of them are the same body shape that i had when i was younger the one of them doesn't it's just and like and it's it's just their body shape it's genetics and i'll tell you something that i actually haven't said to anyone um to was it last week it was last saturday we went to collect my son from badminton he plays every every saturday morning and we went into the hall and he was wearing a hoodie and he was sweating i'm like aaron take off the, your, your hoodie if you're roasting no i don't want to take my my hoodie off my t-shirt is too tight underneath and i'm like oh my god he's 10 and he's thinking of this now you know yeah. that's the, the body dysmorphia is is starting to um to kick in already yeah you know? and and you know i've had my daughter was at a, a playground one day you know those sort of um in our playground anyway they're bugs they're little like oh, yeah. birds you know and there's four mm. and they kind of bounce yeah, and yeah. You know, she sat on it with three other girls and one of the girls said oh my god somebody here is really heavy and they're really pushing the whole thing down so it gets said again and again but I just constantly say I don't allow any negative body talk about any body shape in yeah, the house if I hear it 
I call it out and I say people come in all different shapes and sizes and you know we're staying with my mom at the minute and obviously my mom comes from a different time and she was here with her with her sister and they were kind of slagging each other about having put on weight and you know who's more fat and my daughter said granny people come in all different shapes and sizes we don't say that so I'm just hoping the more I hammer that home and myself my husband would never say oh no I've put on weight or I've this or I've that we just we just don't talk about that as a negative or a positive thing, but yeah. they're going to come up against it. You know, they, they really are because that's just the, the world we live it in. Is. But I'm really passionate about trying to be part of, of changing that conversation, as I know you are, too, for, for yeah. our, our kids, because we know what that was like. Yeah, exactly. I mean, we're exactly the same. Like, And people have asked me that quite a few times because of, you know, how open I am about it. Does it affect the way I parent and yes of course it does now yeah exactly and I I, I I gave a talk to the students a UCC a webinar um just before Christmas and it was all about body image and social media and then we were just kind of talking about that can you, like I was lucky I mean you and me are kind of the same age and can you imagine what it would have been like with social media when we were in school you know I kind of fear for kids now with social media like you mentioned it with instagram a while ago it's it's hard for them to get away from things isn't it when it's in their face all the time i do think though the conversation is changing like i do think Mm. the teenagers and and that sort of generation into 20s i don't want to say the young people of today because i mean that just ages me terribly but they are far more open about everything from gender to sexuality to body image inclusion is huge and even we were talking about the reassessment that we've had in our in our own lives since the lockdowns but even the world slowing down like that we had things like the black lives matter movement the me too movement the the reaction to the ashley murphy murder Mm. people are standing up now and speaking out and you know on my social media i'm very careful about who i follow if I'm going to follow somebody who just happens to have a, a different body shape to mine that I might aspire to when it's making me feel bad, they have to go. And that's not their fault. That's that's me setting up my own boundaries. But yeah. there are so many different body shapes out there. And I love people like Celeste Barber. She's a, an Australian comic and she will take some of the videos that are out there of people like, oh, I don't know, Kendall Jenner or Gigi Hadid who put on these like put up these TikTok videos of just themselves and the incredible bodies they were born into doing yeah. various things. And then she does a, a, a normal body at home trying to do the same thing. And she's like yeah. falling off the bed and the bikinis like riding up and, you know, she makes humor out of it. And I think it's much better that that's out there because when I was a teenager, it was just kind of these people just had these perfect bodies. It wasn't explained. All the magazines were showing cellulite and fat and this being a really bad thing. And then having all of these people going, look what I did. I've lost all this weight in three weeks time. And that was what was sold. And we've stopped doing that. We're a lot more open. We're a lot more honest. And I used to spend my time comparing myself to literally every woman I would walk past and measuring myself up against her. And if I perceived that my body was better than hers, I'd, I'd get maybe a dopamine hit or feel better. But if I felt intimidated by her, it would really weigh down on me. And that was just a normal response I had based on the messaging I was being given. So it's about getting rid of, of all that. And I think we talk now, you know, thanks even to people like yourself that talk about mental health and self-limiting beliefs and resilience and coping tools and mechanisms and that we're not all skipping along the whole time feeling great we have our ups we have our downs but we have things that we can lean on to help us none of that was there before so hopefully that's what will help our kids too exactly and one of the questions before we wrap this up one of the questions that i i just when i mentioned the the webinar i did for the students in core that that was pretty much the first question that got asked me was about how can you make your social media channels work for you? And I just, well, my answer was exactly what, you know, what you said, get rid of the stuff that makes you feel uncomfortable, that your social media channels, make them work for you. There's filters, there's mute buttons, there's all these type of things. And you can, you know, 
I, when I go through my social media, as it's exactly the same as you, if there's anything on there that I don't want to see or just making me feel uncomfortable or isn't impacting me in a negative way, it's gone. Yeah, because it is social... dangerous, though, isn't it? Yeah. The more I'm on social media, the more even though I've a really created feed of things that are good for me, they're mm. still because it's, it's a showing off site, isn't it? So sort of like I'm doing this and I'm doing that and look at us on this walk and look at us eating this meal like it is mm. a show off kind of setup and I, I buy into it myself. Yeah. Um, but you do you start to compare yourself no matter what so yeah mm. i'd limit the time in there as well as much as you can yeah 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 right we'll wrap this up do you want to give your socials a plug while we're talking about them oh, i sometimes wonder should i change my socials i had this idea i was going to call everything claire's lair but yeah. i spelled claire without an i and lair has an i and nobody really writes the word lair except if they're in like thundercats or something and they're like long gone so thundercats. I'm i used to love lair. thundercats me too my favorite um, cartoon ever i'm at claire's lair on um, on instagram uh so yeah give us a follow and hopefully i won't make you feel bad about yourself that's <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much for having me i really appreciate it i talk a lot because i talk for a living but it's also something i feel really really passionately about so i, I really appreciate yeah. you having me on oh geez no i appreciate you like giving up your time to come on for a chat especially when you're not feeling well as well so um I, no thank you um and look the more you talk the less i have to do so you make my job easier you know yourself yeah 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 well yeah. look you'll have to come on my radio show and uh yeah tell your story because it is really important the more we talk about this and that it, it, it's okay mm. and the more we feel that other people are like yeah I felt that way too the more we feel like we're part of a community and not outsiders so yeah exactly and that, yeah and that's one of the topics we didn't even get to was the stigma well I suppose we did a little bit and especially for men but look we have we'll do a part two of this at some stage and we'll uh we'll do a deep dive into all of that stuff great anytime brilliant okay Right, guys, we're going to wrap that up again. Thanks very much, Claire, for coming on. That's uh, I really appreciate you giving up your time. Right, we'll see you all very soon, guys. And I'll be back again next week for another episode of the Endless Spiral podcast. Bye for now.